Hey, what's up, Pearl Street Church? Man, so glad you're joining us today. Whether you're watching online, watching at home, wherever you're watching, man, it's good to have you here today. Uh, I get to bring the message to you, Pastor Brent, man. I told him, hey, take the week off. Hey, let, I got you. And so, man, I want to dive into, we're in the book of Acts this week, and uh, Pastor's been going over uh, the first couple chapters of Acts. But what I want to do today is I want us to um, take some notes, get out your, get out your uh, notepad, get out your iPad, whatever you're going to take notes on take notes today because what I want to do is I want to summarize what's going on between Acts 2 and Acts 5 was where we left off last week with pastor calling us to be generous, right? Calling us to be a type of people who live generous lives. And, and so I want to summarize all that because I think it's important for us to realize what's going on in Acts. And then also I want to, I want to dive into Acts 6 a little bit because I think there's something that some, there's two main things I want to pull uh, from Acts 6 today for us to take away. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to summarize uh, uh, to start off and uh, I'm going to read a few things and then uh, we'll get going. So here we go. Uh, Acts 6 verses 1. I just want to start with the scripture. It says, In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained about the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. Verse 2 says, So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn the responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. Verse 5, it says, This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and also Philip, and they name all the people there. And it says, uh, verse 6, They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. Verse 7, So the word of God spread, and the numbers of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. I think it's interesting, and in, in, we're in chapter 6 here, and we're talking about, we just got done hearing all the good stuff that happened in chapters two all the way to, to chapter six here, but yet there's still things that have to be handled. There's still issues that have to be taken care of. And I think it's important for us to realize what did the disciples do? They still handled the issues. They didn't neglect the issues, but they didn't want to get distracted by the issues because the main thing was that Jesus, the Messiah had come, lived, died, but it was resurrected, which set him apart from any other. So I want to dive in that to that today. And so let's go back and just kind of go back to chapter two. This is what I'm just going to summarize. I got, I got bullet points here, but this is what happened. See, in chapter two, the upper room encounter with the Holy Spirit happened. They, uh, during this time, it was a, a known thing for all the Jewish men to travel to Jerusalem for a festival. It was like, Everybody was required to come to the festival in Jerusalem. And it was a festival because they were celebrating uh, the harvest, the spring harvest. And it was known that you had to go. And so that's why the disciples found themselves together in the upper room uh, at this time. And the Holy Spirit descended upon that group of people. So much so that thousands of people, because of that experience, got saved. So we see that Peter is there addressing the crowds and telling them about Jesus and how Jesus died and was resurrected. And what was, what was his call to action? His call to action was to repent and be baptized. And that's what happened on that day. 3,000 Jewish men heard the good news of Jesus and they said, Peter, what do, we, what do we do? And they repented and they were baptized in the same day. And the only place that could facilitate 3,000 people was the temple where the Ark of the Covenant rest in that area in Jerusalem. 
And so it's interesting to note that the temple where God's presence rested, the transformation that happened, that, that God went from resting or residing in a temple, a man-made structure, into to coming and residing in us, to people, right? And so that's what happened. That transition happened on Pentecost. Pentecost actually means 50 days. It's, it's, it's 50 days after the burial. And so that's what we celebrate. The, the day that the Holy Spirit came and transferred from living or residing in a temple to living within inside us, which is we are called temples of the Spirit. So um, Peter is telling them what's going on. And, and the, the second thing or the, another thing that he says is the promise of the Holy Spirit is to all who are far off. It says in Acts 2.38, Peter replied, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. He goes on to say, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 39 says, the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. For, for all whom the Lord our God will call. So we know that the Holy Spirit is for us. It's for all who are far off. And that's, it's a promise from God. Now, when I go to Acts 2.42, it says this, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled in all at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Verse 44, All the believers were together and had everything in common. They said properly, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who was in need. Every day that continued to meet together in the temple courts, they broke bread in their homes and ate together and with glad and sincere hearts. Verse 47 says, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Isn't that interesting? That was Pastor, was Pastor talking about last week, uh, about how the believers came together and were unified. That's what's going on right here in Acts 2. So Peter, uh, after this happens, Peter goes out and he heals a lame beggar. It's this Peter's famous line. He says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I, do get, uh, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. That's the famous line, and that's what happens in Acts 2. Uh, Peter then goes on and dresses more of the onlookers that see this miracle happen. They see the lame man walking. He goes and addresses them, and he tells them that's in Jesus' name. It's not by his power, but Jesus' power. So Peter's going around and just sharing that Jesus came and he's the Messiah and he's really who he said he was. So Peter and John got arrested because they were telling people about Jesus. So you have to understand, hundreds, estimated hundreds of thousands of Jewish men are in Jerusalem at this time. And you got Peter who is speaking of Jesus who they just killed. The, the people that are, they're still in charge. And they don't like hearing that, um, that Peter's going around and, and, and professing that Jesus is the Messiah. They don't like it. And so G Peter is arrested. It says Peter uh, goes before the Sanhedrin. Uh, and this is what he says to them. Rulers and elders of the people, if, you are being, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how, we have, how he has been healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom you crucified, but God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected. Ooh, that hurts. He's calling him out, which has become the cornerstone, which means like you rejected it, but you didn't realize it was the foundation. It's the most important thing, and you rejected it. He's, he, he's really getting up in their grill right now. Verse 12, he says this, salvation is found in no one else. 
For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. This is Peter. This is Peter just speaking straight to the leaders of the time, boldly professing. See, Peter had a real transformation. What did, what did Jesus say? Peter, I will build my church upon you. He is, he is proclaiming boldly the truth that Jesus is Savior. So then it goes on, they, 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 they arrest him, they take him, but then they release him. They release Peter and John, and they, and they, they say, hey, just whatever you do, just, just stop. Just stop telling people that it's in Jesus' name. You can be here, just, just refrain. And obviously, you know, Peter can't do that. He doesn't listen. And so they refuse to do so. And, and then Peter goes back to the believers, uh, and, and he's like, hey, look, they're, they're trying to tell us not to speak in Jesus' name, and, and we can't do that. And so they go back and they pray together. And this is where I want to get into, have you ever been in a situation like in high school where you had a rival high school that started talking smack about your high school? Like that, that's happened to me. Like I've been in a, in, in a soccer game and, and, and all of a sudden they start talking smack about somebody on my team. And me as the captain at the time, I would, I would get so like, we, we would just get laser focused. It would just unite us as a team because all of a sudden we had an adversary or something that was uniting us because they were making fun or, or, or tearing us down. And what was, the, what was the response of our team? Well, we got unified. We got single focused on how are we going to beat this team? And that's what's going on with, with uh, Peter uh, at this time. He's being questioned by the Sanhedrin, which is the religious re leaders at the time. It's known to be like 30, between 35 to 70 something uh, uh, rabbis that used to be on this board that would meet, that would counsel, that would rule over uh, the, the daily practices, the things that the Jewish people would consider uh, spiritual and religious. And um, that's what's going on here. He's, he's standing before them and, he, and he's, he's being persecuted. He's being told not to do something. And so you got to understand Peter didn't just go, okay, well, no, Peter had, a, had an encounter. He saw the risen Savior. And so he goes back, instead of going back and, and, and going, okay, guys, we got we to gotta tone it down. Like, look, they are serious. No, he goes back and, and they get together and they're rallied and they don't pray that God would spare them. They pray that God would give them boldness. And it says the Holy Spirit gives them boldness to continue to speak. And that's what they do. They, they continue to speak and they get arrested again. And so the, the, the first thing I want us to, to realize in all of this or to understand in all of this is that there's power in unity and there's power in prayer. See, there's power in unity. And why? Because when we get singular focus, like all the things that that don't really matter, like there's things that matter, but there's things that don't really matter that are quarrels between us. And when we get unified, man, we, we, we forget about all that and we put all our energy and effort into the main thing. And the main thing is it's good news that there's been a Savior who actually came and died for you and I. That changes everything. That's like, that's, the old system is gone. There is now a, a Savior. You don't have, to, you don't have to, to go to a temple. You are the temple. And all you got to do is say a prayer. And it's in Jesus' name. And that's what Peter is trying to explain. And so that's what's going on. So they go back and they unify themselves in prayer. And I think that's important for us right now in this season that we're in today. What are we, what are we uniting ourselves around right now? 
We're in the middle of a pandemic. Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe your kids are sick. Uh, this, this last week, my, my youngest, Jack, he's three months old. He's the best. I love him. He's my only boy. And um, he's, he, got, he got sick on Wednesday. And he went and, had the, he went and had some vaccinations on Monday. And we know it's because of that. And we're not going to get into the whole vaccination topic today. But the thing is, on Wednesday, I'm, I'm studying the word of God and and I'm, I'm looking at all this about unity and prayer. And Jack is like uncontrollably like in pain, like there's something going on in his stomach. He's screaming. This is not normally like Jack. And, you know, me being uh, being the father, uh, trying to support, you know, trying to come over and be a, a support for my wife. I, I just go over and I just start speaking in Jesus name. Jack, you're healed. In Jesus' name, and Jacqueline starts repeating me, in Jesus' name, Jack, you're healed. It's interesting to me, what are you uniting yourself with your family, with with your friends, and whoever you're surrounding yourself, are you uniting in prayer for something? Prayer is powerful. The Holy Spirit, it says the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. So how often do we go to prayer? How often do we realize how significant prayer is? Prayer is huge. See, yeah, we, we called the doctor and we got the advice from the doctor. It's not that we're not doing that. But at the same time, it shouldn't be the only thing that we do. So we unified ourselves in prayer. I want to go to Acts 5 here. It says uh, in verse 12, it says, The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's col- colonnade. Verse 13, no one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number daily. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on, this, uh, fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits. And all of them were healed. Do we have enough faith? Do we have enough unification in prayer today to believe that God is still in the miracle working business? He's still in the healing business. He's still, he's still there to meet needs. See, God cares more than I care about my son, Jack. He does not want to see my son suffer, but he wants to see my heart turn to him in prayer. He wants to see my, my marriage be unified in agreement that we trust in a, in a healing God. And so today, the first point I would say is you need to be in unity, in prayer. What can we unify as a church to pray for during this pandemic? I hope we've been praying for our city. I hope we've been praying for our officials and leaders. I hope we've been praying for our nurses and our doctors. That's what we can do because there's power in that. The second thing I would say in Acts 6 I would say my second point today, and and this is an important one, there are things that need to be handled but not become distractions. uh, This last week I was on a a call before my power went out uh, for our tables calls, and um, a gentleman just mentioned about, like, he, he stopped being the type of person that he grew up to be. He, he, he kind of got distracted and he didn't mean to. He just didn't know who he was becoming. He said, I, I, he looked at himself and he didn't realize what he had become and he didn't like it. And oftentimes we think that, man, there's no way I'll do that. But let me tell you, if you get distracted enough and your life gets busy enough, it's very easy to find yourself 10 years down the road in a different place, not realizing how you got there. 
And what's interesting about what I read in the beginning in chapter six here, how the disciples were handling a situation. See, there was miracles happening. There were people by the thousands being saved. But yet there was still something going on. Food was not being distributed properly. And they were bringing this issue to the the apostles. And they're like, we can either get into the food business and figure the food business out and make sure that people are handled correctly. Or we can make sure we handle it and get somebody over it, but not get distracted in the process. Because we got to keep the main thing the main thing. How many times in church, right, right now, like I'm thinking about when we come back to church, okay, are we going to wear masks? Are we going to do this? If I start getting so concerned, yes, that stuff needs to be taken care of and there, there's got to be wisdom and, and we've got to step forward and, and use all the wisdom that we can to make sure that we, to, 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 to do the proper thing, to do the right thing. But at the same time, if that becomes the, the main thing, I'm missing out the, the fact that Jesus is the Savior and I get distracted, we get distracted. I mean, think about it in our own lives. We have careers, we have things that we do on a daily basis. But the thing is, if we, we, we lose sight of our main purpose on this earth is to bring others to Jesus, that, to, to, to give somebody the life-saving news that Jesus died and he rose again for your sin. We get distracted. So there's unity in prayer, but also we got to handle things but not get distracted by them. We got to keep the main thing, the main thing. And that's Jesus Christ is Savior. So today, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know if you've lost your job or maybe you're in the middle of the season where you've been isolated and alone for the last 40 or 50 days. Isn't it interesting that the Pentecost, the day of Pentecost was 50 days after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And we're coming up on Pentecost Sunday, May 31st, I believe it is. Isn't it interesting that God right now, it's my belief that, I'm, that God right now is doing more in people's lives than months past. Why do I? I just think people are at home right now and asking questions. I know I have been. Maybe you have been too. God, are you in this? God, uh, I'm, I'm alone. I don't know about you, but at night I, I, start, I start asking myself the, the hard questions. And I find that I'm like, man, God, I'm, I'm, I'm not as close as you than I thought I was. Like, I have more fear in my life than I thought. But do we really believe what the word says? That Jesus is our savior, that he's our way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. He's light in the darkness. There's hope. There is hope in Jesus' name. Let's just not get distracted. There are things that are important that we got to take care of. There's bills to pay. There's mortgage. We have to apply for another job. We have to go out and do things. But at the same time, if we get so distracted by all those things and we lose sight that people need a Savior, the best news is, the best news, if I heard it tomorrow, it wouldn't be that there's a vaccine for COVID-19. The best news is that Jesus is Savior. It's good news. That would be great news. It's great, yeah. But the best news is that there's a Savior and he's rescued your soul from eternal separation from, from God. That's the best news. 
So today, wherever you find yourself, there's, there's so many ways that you can get connected to a, to a table, to a group. You can do that by going online and, and signing up for one of our groups. You can, there's, there's so many areas that you can get involved and still connected. I mean, you're here today. You're staying connected. Man, shout us out in the, ch- in, in, in the, the chat. Uh, you know, encourage somebody. But there's so many ways that we can, we can stay connected to the, what God has set in place, which is Jesus the Savior. So today, I don't know where you're at, but um, I, want, I want to pray that over our lives. That through all of this, this pandemic, through, through the fear, the, 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 the isolation, through the what-ifs of our lives, that it would not consume us. That we would have a peace and a trust in a God. You know, He loves you and He cares for you. You know, I often tell my wife this, He loves us more than we love ourselves. He knows us so well, he knows every head on our hair, uh, every hair on our head, every head on our hair. He knows every hair on our head, and he loves us. And I just don't want to get distracted. I want to find myself 10, 20 years from now running the rat race. Hey, I required all this, and I've lost my soul to this. And I think it's important for us to realize the disciples did that. They didn't allow themselves to get distracted. So don't get distracted today. It's Sunday, man. Take take today. My prayer to you today, it wouldn't be that you would have a list of things to get done. My prayer to you is that you would be uh, today, sit in the presence of the Lord. Just sit and reflect on the beauty of creation. Me and my wife were watching planet Earth the other night. It's amazing how beautiful this place is that God created. My wife actually turned to me and she said, man, God must have been having fun when he created that. (laughs) Man, take today, the Sabbath, Take it off and just rest in keeping the main thing, the main thing, which is Jesus, the Savior of the world. God loves you and let's share it with others. Hey, that's all I got for today, man. I hope that um, you took some notes. I want to go into a time of worship and let's just sing this next song out that he is the way maker. He's the miracle worker. He's the promise keeper. He's the light in the darkness and that he's here right now in this place for you. It was so good to have you tuned in right here today for this message. I pray that you are encouraged and you are strengthened inside of your faith. Man, you are confident here today in in accomplishing what God has laid out for you to do as a believer, whatever sphere of influence that you are in. I pray that you are ready to get it done. Now, our kids' experience is coming up next. Make sure you jump online, get your kids around. They'll be encouraged to get ready for their week. Outside of that, keep on making a difference in the world in which God has destined you to lead in. Have a great week.